Welcome everybody to uh, streamcast number five. I think we're already up to number five. Um, it's going to be personal paranormal experiences. Uh, you guys were saying you had something to share. I've got something to share. And Wicked Tricks has something to share. And uh, Rascal can judge us from his corner with the scowl. I'm looking forward to it. Um, is that that emote? Is that somebody? It's somebody dabbing. That's an interesting emote. But how is everybody? Guys, how was your weekend? I kind of know, but. <laughs> I mean, he, he, yesterday I almost killed myself. My body's recovering. I, I'm alive. What you do? So, okay. Long story short, because it's not great content, but we had this double recliner that we got that was just in bad shape, and I wanted to get rid of it. And the trash guy told me it'd be $25 to take it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to one up the trash guy. I'm just going to tear it up, put it in bags, and, you know, not pay the $25, right? Right. Uh, the fucking thing was built like a fucking tank, and it took me four hours to dismantle. Chainsaws, axes, handsaws, drills. Three people later, I finally got it broken down. So lesson learned. I would should have just paid the trash guy twenty five bucks. <laughs> I was gonna say you need twenty five bucks, man. Like fuck. Yeah, yeah. I I had a similar situation some years back. I had a double recliner with like you know the cup holders and everything. Yeah, that's exactly uh, actually what this was. actually when me and uh when me and John used to live together, and uh, I went and um I was like, okay, yeah, you know, we had a taking it to a place that it was just going to dispose of it, but it wasn't in terrible shape, but we were like, well, maybe they can resell it or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was, it's still in decent shape. Mm -hmm. Um, to the point where you could totally resell it, you know, you're not going to make a mint off of it. But, uh, when we went to go move that thing. I had forgotten how heavy it was and it has a, it had a steel frame and yeah, I was this like, one had, oh. this one had a steel frame too. It was, yeah. it, it was an absolute tank. Yeah, I'm not going to try to dismantle ours when the times come, because we have the same fucking thing, actually. Um, Maybe just burn it with fire. <laughs> throw it into the vat of molten metal with T-1000. Cast it into the fire! I'm out do it! Isildur! Do it, Isildur! No. No. <laughs> I'm going to save $25. I was like, yeah, right, no. <laughs> Lessons learned. Lessons learned. All right, so today's topic, personal paranormal experiences. Um, there's, uh, I have lots of stories that, that friends have told me over the years. Um, I can share a couple of those. Uh, Blonde Solo should be watching here shortly. She has a couple she'll be sharing. I promise my... Very intense uh, story that I'm going to share that uh, I still think I'm crazy because of my experience. So I'm sure you guys will. I know I'm going to save that one for a little while in, though. Um, so, Josiah, 
You want to share one? Yeah, I can. At the stage. Um, this is going to be chalked up to like the one time where um, I actually was scared. Like, I've been on a lot of paranormal investigations. I've been to a lot of really creepy places, and I was never actually, like, bone-chilled, like, cold-blooded scared. And what really sets this aside from most of my other experiences is I wasn't on an investigation. This just happened, right? Okay. So when I was younger, just out of high school, had my first job, I was, what was I, 18, 19 years old, and I was dating this chick, we'd, we'd been talking for a long time or whatever, so we moved to this little town uh, called Somerset, Ohio, and this, this little town has a lot of history, right, has, has a lot of strange history, but had a lot to do with... Uh, the Civil War had a lot to do with uh, different things through time periods, but all pretty concentrated in the same area of Ohio. Mm-hmm. I did at that time. I didn't know that uh, when I was 19 years old. I didn't consider myself a paranormal investigator. Uh, I I definitely had it on the table that I was interested in the paranormal, but this was. This is one of those stories that you hear, like, on TV, like, it's, it's, it was super scary for me as a, as a, as a person. But anyway, I was in the, we, uh, we got a, we moved in together and we decided that we were going to find this, find a nice place to stay. We'd both gotten decent jobs in Lancaster, which is like 30 minutes away or whatever. So we were looking for a cheap place to rent. And we found this five-bedroom house in Somerset, and it was $300 a month. And we're like, what? How? How is this possible, right? Right. Remember, I'm 18, 19 year old. I'm not thinking things through. Why would a five-bedroom house be $300 a month? That never crossed my mind. Even right? back then in the old times. Didn't, didn't cross my mind that maybe something wasn't right, right? So we we get this place and it's got a a garage in the bottom of it. You can like you know drive in garage for two cars, like a two car garage, five bedrooms. It's huge kitchen, like it's a beautiful house. And we're like, fuck, we're set, right? The very first night we move in, we had very little to our names. I mean, eighteen, nineteen years old, just moved out of mom and dad's. It's not like we have refrigerator stove you know 60 suitcases of clothing or anything crazy like that it was just bare minimum stuff like we had a one of those electric griddle tops that you plug in and a pan and we were living on ramen okay like Did you for have a real. spool for a coffee table because those were the days the, those were definitely the days okay the first night we're in there we had we didn't have an air mattress. We had one of those old roll-up um, yoga mat things Okay. as a bed. Like, we were hardcore back then, right? And I'm setting it up, 
and I feel something. I I felt something touch the back of my neck. I'm in this house by myself. My girlfriend at the time was at work. Okay, I'm like spiderweb automatically. Looking around, no spiderwebs, no nothing. It's like a a naked room, basically. There's like an empty room with a yoga mat in it. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, what was this? So I shook it off. And from that, basically from that point on, I had this feeling, this like constant feeling when I was there that I was never alone, right? You know, like it's like the feeling like you're being watched. And I got the mattress set up and I went downstairs and I, I cooked me up some of that, that gourmet ramen. And I was sitting in the living room on the floor eating my ramen. And, you know, this was 97, I think. Yeah, 19. I didn't have a cell phone. I couldn't sit there and play on my cell phone for hours. I was reading uh, a book. It was on, like, how to tie fishing knots. And I heard something move in the kitchen. And I'm like, okay. So I got up and I was like, well, must be, we must have mice or something. Because it, it was a country house, right? Right. And, well, just to give pretext, Somerset is just this little dinky ass town in Ohio. We were outside of the city. And it's a little it's pretty village. Rural, rural, real rural. And uh, at this point in time, this is the second time that night that something weird had happened. And I started to. I don't know. I would say my spider sense was going off. And I was like, okay, I, I don't want to be alone in this house anymore. So I hopped in the car and I went into town to the gas station to get some, you know, mandu, some tater chips, maybe Hershey's bar or something. Right. And I'm sitting there in town and this there's this this older gentleman at the gas station and He's like, well, because it's a small town. He's like, well, uh, are you new to town? And I was like, yeah, I introduced myself, you know, told him where I was. He's like, oh, he's like, you moved into the apartments here in town? I was like, no, we we got this uh, this house out by the golf course. And he was like, what house? And I'm like, what? what? I was like, yeah, we got this five-bedroom house out by the golf course. He says, is it on the on the curve there? And I was like, yeah, he's like, oh, I was like, oh, he's like, yeah, he's like, so you, you guys are renting that? I was like, yeah, we're renting that. And he's like, eh. I was like, what? He's like, man, I'll tell you what. He said, did, did the landlord tell you anything about the house? And I was like, I haven't even met my landlord yet. We, uh, we left a uh, deposit for him in his uh, P.O. box. And the keys were under the mat. And he's like, oh. He's like, well, I don't want to freak you out or anything. But uh, that house, there was like a like a double murder-suicide in that house. And I'm like, what? For real? He's like, yeah. It, you know, it happened like 18 years ago. We don't really talk about it a lot. And he's like, that place is like people have 
been in and out of that place ever since, and they only last, you know, X amount of time. And I was like, okay. And he's like, I'm just, I'm just warning you. And I was like, you know, whatever. So I go straight to the fucking library, right? Right. And I don't know if you all know what microfiber is. Microfiche. 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 Right? This is old school, right? So I'm sitting here in the library running through these old newspapers on this microfiche on this little black and white screen the size of like, I don't know, four inches by four inches. And I'm going through it, you know, and I, I asked a librarian for a set of records of the Somerset, uh, I think it was a Gazette, I believe. And yeah, lo and behold, back in the, it would have been the late 70s at the time, 78, I believe is what had happened. This uh, couple had bought, built the house and the husband had come home and killed his wife and his two kids and himself and this house. So by this time, I'm fucking freaking out, right? So I go back to the house. My girlfriend at the time comes home and I'm like, look, I went to the gas station. This dude said that this house was this. I went to the library, found this out. And she's like, so? I'm like, look, I've been in this house for one day. Something's touched the back of my neck and some shit was moving in the kitchen. And she's, you know, you're overreacting. It's nothing, blah, blah, blah. 100% doesn't believe in ghosts, paranormal, nothing, right? Well, we've already paid the deposit and the first month rent. So we're $600 in. And back then, $600 was like two months work, basically. So we're like, we're staying at least the first two months. And that night, nothing else happened. I I calmed my brain down because you can get, you know, wigged out. You can get overreacted and you can freak yourself out. You let your emotions get to you, etc. And a week went by, day and night, day and night, day and night, nothing happened, right? I didn't get wigged out or nothing weird happened. Mm-hmm. About, I don't know, this had been the ninth or tenth day we were staying there. She went to work. I was home alone. And somebody knocks on the door. And I go answer the door. And there's this dude at the door. And he's looking pretty rough. Looked like he'd been in a wreck. And there's a really sharp curve right past this house. And he's like, you know, I was in a car wreck. I ran my car off the road. Um, can you call EMS. I was like, sure. So I called EMS. I said, are you all right? He's like, well, I think I'm stable. <clears throat> he said that, can you come help me and, and keep people from going around the curve? And, you know, it was a wreck. So we go down to the corner and we're sitting there and he's getting his stuff out of his car stuff. He He's just banged up. He's, he's gonna, he's fine, but you know, bruised up little laceration on his forehead or whatever. And we're sitting there and you can see the house from where he was where his wreck was right around the corner and when i left the house you know it was the middle of the day there was no lights on and we're sitting here in front of this house and the porch light starts blinking Hmm. on off on off on off and i'm like what the fuck? And he's like, it's probably a short. <clears throat> so the EMS shows up and then the sheriff shows up. 
sheriff asked me if I want to, you know, uh, make a statement or whatever. And I told him, you know, I didn't see anything. He just came to the door and asked for help. And I, I'm going back up to the house. I get I get my get my way back up to the house, get in the house. The light's not flashing at this time. It's stopped. Right. So I sit there and I mess I mess with the the light switch. I turn it off, turn it on, turn it off, turn it on. And sometimes when there's a short, you can tell because it'll like either pop or it won't come on when you switch it off or it'll go on when you shut it off. The switch mm-hmm. is working perfect. Perfect. I'm like, okay. So I went down to the electrical box. My dad's an electrician by trade. Kind of know my way around household electricity, right? Right. Check check the box. Nothing. Fuses look brand new, like it had just been redone within the last year. Maybe. Yeah. So I go back upstairs and I get that feeling again. Like I'm being watched, that I'm not alone. Exact same shit happens. I hear something move in the kitchen. I go in the kitchen. We have like 10 things in this kitchen. It's only 10 things that could have moved, right? <laughs> They're all in exactly the same fucking spot. So I get I get back in the car and I go into town and I ask uh, this this lady that was working at the same gas station that I was before. I said, do you know an exterminator, right? She's like, well, yeah. It's like, I think we have some, you know, mice or something. It's a country house. It's a thing. She's like, yeah. And she gives me his number, and I go there. I go to this place because it's only like two businesses up from where the gas station was. And I walk in, and I was like, "Hi, I think I have a rodent problem." And this guy, you know, and I was telling him my address. The fucking exterminator says you don't have rats. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "I have been to that house twenty times in the last ten years. There are there are no there is zero rodent problem in that house." I was like, you, you've been there that many times. He's like, yeah, every time somebody rents that place out, they call me. I go out there, set bats, set traps, do put out this glue stuff that he uses, whatever he says. I never find anything in this house. Nothing. I was like, strike two, right? Right. Go back to the house. And my girlfriend gets home at the time. And we're sitting there in the living room. And I'm telling her what happened. I told her about the guy with the wreck. I told her the light flashing. I told her the noise in the kitchen. She's like, you're full of shit. And as as she says that, right, uh-huh. there's the this huge bang in the kitchen. Just like, like a thud. And she's like, what? <laughs> and she goes in there and she looks around, right? And she's like, there's nothing in here. And I'm like, hey, you know? Okay, so there's some validation, right? And she's like, yeah, that's weird. But she's like, it's still not, you know, Slimer running around the house. I was like, fine, but it's still creepy. And she goes upstairs. Alexa, stop. And I go upstairs. She goes upstairs. Hold on a second. This thing's being a pain. She goes upstairs, and I'm downstairs in the living room. I heard a bang in the kitchen again, like Mm -hmm. almost immediately as she goes upstairs. But then I hear her scream. And I run upstairs, and she's like, I'm like, what? She's like, something touched the back of my neck. I'm like, okay. So 
I told you that happened to me, right? She's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, and there's nothing in this room. She's like, yeah. So we're all freaked out and stuff. We got back in the car and we drove into Lancaster and we got some of our friends and we're all like, you know, this, this, this house that we're renting is, is, it's, you know, it's haunted, right? That's what right. we're saying. And they're all like, you guys are overactive. It's your first place, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I tell them about the murder that happened there. And like, well, you know, that doesn't mean that it's haunted and all this other crap. And I was like, then I told them about the exterminator. Then I told them about the guy at the gas station. They're all like, eh, whatever. I was like, all right, this weekend, y'all come over and we'll have a party. A party, air quotes, right? Right. Party. And I go back that day after this had happened, and we're sitting there in the house. Nothing happened. Zero. Zip zilch. No sounds. No odd feelings. Nothing. And then in the middle of the night, I'm asleep on my yoga mat upstairs, and I feel like somebody is staring at me. And I wake up, and I look down at the end of the bed, right? There's nothing there. Right. And I don't know about you all, but I get this feeling. I only get it once in the a fucking blue moon, right? It's not. It's not like paranoia or any kind of like something that happens a lot. Like literally, this is one of the few times it's ever happened to me. So I get up, I look down the stairwell, nothing. Go to the bathroom. Got to go to the bathroom when you wake up in the middle of the night. Ninety-nine percent chance you're going to the bathroom, right? So I go to the bathroom, finish, do the deed, and, and I'm sitting in the bathroom. The bathroom is two rooms over from the kitchen. And again, this huge thud in the kitchen. Exact same sound before. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, it's the exact same sound. So then my logical part of my brain's like, you know, I just used the bathroom, right? Maybe there's a loose pipe. Like a fitting came off, so when you flush the toilet, the pipe will jerk, and if it's underneath the floor, it could hit the floorboard. It could sound like a thud. Hmm. So, 4 a.m. in the morning, I decide I should go in the basement. <laughs> so I go downstairs, and there's just this fairly unfinished basement. Got a cement floor that's about as finished as it was, right? It wasn't like a dirt floor basement. There was no drywall or anything it was just a traditional basement and i'm sitting there and i'm 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 in the basement with one light on and i'm following the pipe from the bathroom underneath the kitchen kitchen sink then it runs out to where like you know where the water main would be on the outside of the house and i start walking to the corner of this basement and it felt like something punched me in the stomach now, it wasn't like somebody physically hit me, but you know how the feeling you get when you get punched in the stomach? Yeah. It was like that feeling without somebody actually hitting you. That's the only way I can explain it. And I literally bent over double, fell down on my knees, and I was like out of breath. Like I had physically been struck. Right. And at this point in time, I... I just, I waked out, I got up, I yelled at the girlfriend, I was like, get in the car, we're, we're getting out of this house. She's like half asleep in her nightgown, whatever, we get in the car, 
we drive clear back to Logan. We go to her parents' house. It's like, we're spending the rest of the day here. And her dad is like, what's wrong with you? And I explained the whole situation to him. And he looked at me like I was a belligerent idiot. And I was like, his, I would say his first name. His first name was Tony. I was like, Tony, look. I don't know what's going on in that house. I don't know if I've wigged myself out. But I've experienced and she's experienced it. And we're having our friends over this weekend. And I said, if if something happens this weekend, like, you know, I don't know what I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he's like, you know, suck it up, buttercup, like the traditional dad shit. You know, it's like you're just being overreactive, like young adult. So we spend the, the rest of the day there and and we spend the next night at her parents house. And then the day we get up, it would be Friday. And we're like, well, we're going to go back. And my friends are going to come over. So we, we go into town. We get groceries, get some booze, whatever. And we go back to the house. And every single light in this house is on when we get there. So I'm thinking the landlord came by and we weren't there. Because when we left, it was 4 a.m. and there was not a single light in this house on. None. Zip zero. Zilch. We may have left the backlight on for the where the where we were parked, but that would have been it. So I went all through the house. I went through every room, every door. I went downstairs in the basement, and there was nobody in this house. But every single light that had a light bulb in it was on. I'm just so I assumed at that point in time that it was the landlord. Called the landlord, got his voicemail, left a voice message like, "Hey, you know." Were you here? Blah, blah, blah. Still hadn't talked to the guy. Then my friend started showing up. He brought a folding card table and some uh, lawn chairs, I guess you would call them, the plastic lawn chairs. Mm -hmm. So we, we uh, set all this stuff up in the living room. And I, I, didn't, I didn't tell any of my friends any other things that had happened besides the noise in the kitchen, right? I didn't tell them about all the other shit. And one by one, they show up at this time. By the time they all get off of work, it's like 11 p.m. We're all sitting around this. There's there's six of us, right? Me and my girlfriend and, and, and four other people. And we're sitting around this card table and we're, we're talking and stuff. And uh, we had a, some pizza and just some other stuff. And we're sitting there and, the, and all of us are sitting there. And literally, the bang happens. Like on cue in the kitchen, as loud as can be, thud. And they're all like, What's that? And I was like, I told you, this is the sound that happens in this house. I said, You can go look in the kitchen. There's nothing in there that may, like, let me explain to you the sound. Imagine you were sitting on a picnic table, a wooden picnic table, okay? Mm -hmm. And somebody took a sledgehammer and smacked the middle of the picnic table that loud that hard that much vibration like it's a good swing right, right. Gotcha. not like you see in some of these ghost shows where it's like a faint little tap in the distance it's a fucking smash bang so my friends thinking that i'm trying to pull one over them they, they search the house they look on they go down the basement like i did they look at the pipes they go outside they're like you know what what could have made that sound so we're all outside behind the house in the backyard 
All of us, all six of us are outside this house, right? I'm right. telling you, right in front of us, every single light on that house turned on at once at the same time. Just like, boom, every light's on. And they're like, yeah, you're fucking with us. I'm like, first of all, how do you set that up? Right. It's not like it's today and you can clap your hands and tell Amazon to turn your fucking lights on, right? Right. This is a farmhouse in the middle of the country, right? Like, I don't know how I would have done it if I was trying to prank them in the first place. And they go back in. We turn off the lights. We're sitting there in the living room. We're talking. Then I decide to tell them about what the gas station clerk said. Then I tell them about what the exterminator said. Then I tell them about the the murder-suicide that was there, that I went to the library and found out about it. And by this time, they're all like, yeah, okay. You know, something's (laughs) going on. And we're sitting in the living room, and we hear this dragging sound, like somebody's dragging something across the the basement. You know, I told you I had an inside garage. Sounded like somebody was in the garage dragging something heavy across the cement. You know that dragging sound, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I looked at I looked at him, and my, one of my one of my best friends there, his name's Joel. I was like, so Joel, he's like, yeah, I was like, so what do you think that is? And he's like, dude, I, that sounds like somebody's dragging a body across the floor. And I said exactly what I was thinking. Now, to give you some preferences about my friend Joel, he's he's 6'6", weighs about 400 pounds, and could, you know, bench press me. He's a huge dude. Like, I've never seen him afraid of anything in my life. And he was like three shades of white at that point in time because he knows nobody's down in that basement. We're the only people in this house and we're in the middle of the country, right? We're next to a main road, right? And we're outside of town. It's not like we're like super secluded, but far enough where, you know, nobody's down there. So we we all work up the nerve. We go down in the basement, nothing. There's no marks on the cement like somebody was dragging something. None of the doors are open. The floor is not wet, nothing. And he's like, you know what? He's like, I think I'm going to go home. I think I'm going to go home. And the rest of my friends are like, yeah, you know, they ate my pizza. And they're like, yeah, we're going to go. You know, some, yeah, they they all kind of sort of at that point in time, believed me that something was going on. And I had validation that other people had experienced it. Right. And that night I'm sitting there and I'm talking to my girlfriend. I was like, do we, do we really want to stay here tonight? And like, well, we could go back to her mom and dad's. And I was really tired. It was already like two o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, you know what? Let's go upstairs. Let's go to sleep. I'm going to turn on my radio. I had one of those little boom boxes, you know, mm-hmm. with a CD player on top. You know, I was high fashion in 97. And I turn it on and we're sitting there and I, I go to sleep because I kind of drowned out any sounds that I would have heard. Wake up in the morning. I'm like, okay, nothing else happened. This is fucking great. Get up. I've got to go to work. She's got to go to work. And I'm in the bathroom getting ready, putting on deodorant, doing my thing. And literally, the shower turns on. While I'm in the bathroom. (laughs) Just turns on. Full blast. Like, I watched... This is this this is where I really got it weirded out because you you can hear sounds right, and you can see lights turn on, but when you watch a shower handle 
move in front of you, you lose your shit. Yeah. And I, I, I got out of the bathroom. I, I looked at my girlfriend. I was like, look, I'm gone. She's like, what? I was like, I'm going to work, but I'm never coming back here. And she's like, well, why? And I was like, do you hear the shower? And she's like, yeah. Does it look like I'm taking a shower? And she's like, no. I was like, exactly. She's like, the shower turned on? I'm like, right in front of my eyes. I watched the handle move. Yeah. I was done at that point in time. Like, I couldn't <laughs> handle it. So I called the landlord on my way to work. I was like, dude, uh, I'm pretty sure you've heard this before, but uh, that house is haunted, and I'm not going to stay there. We, we're, we are moving out tomorrow. Left him a voicemail, right? Go to work. I'm stressed. Like, I can't concentrate on anything at work. Like, it's just totally wigging me out. Like, I just can't. I can't deal. Then the landlord calls me right as I'm getting off work, and he's like, um, yeah, just meet me at the house and return the keys. And he's like, I'll be cool. I'll give you your deposit back or whatever. Uh, I was like, yeah, you know. He's like, I'm going to prorate you the two weeks that you stayed there out of your first month's rent. I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I get there, and this dude, this old dude, he's sitting there in his truck. And I pull up, and I was like, yeah, you know, I gave him the keys and he was giving me the money. He's like, you'll be out today? And I was like, yeah, I don't I don't have a lot, right? He's like, okay. And he's like, so what happened? And I, was, I started telling him everything that happened, you know, and whatever. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, we've had people in and out of that house so many times and all this other stuff. And he was going on and on and on. While we're sitting there, the fucking porch light turns on again. I was like, I'm just pointing at the house. And he's like, eh, it could be a short. I was like, dude, whatever. So I wait for my girlfriend to get back home. I, st- I stood outside the whole time. I wasn't, I wasn't not going back into this house by myself ever again. She got there and her dad came over and we're, we're sitting there and we're packing up our stuff. And her dad was like ex-military body lifter or whatever, like tough guy, right? And he's sitting there. And he's moving out some of her stuff, and the thud in the kitchen happens again. He turns around. He's like, what, what the fuck was that? I said, that's one of the things that's happening here. And he's like, oh, it's probably a pipe. And I was like, why don't you go down to the basement and look at that pipe and tell me what you think, you know, knowing what had happened to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. He came back up from the basement. And he said, let's go. <laughs> I never asked him what happened to him. You know, but we got our shit and we got out and I never went back to that house again. I mean, that was the first time I'd ever experienced that kind of. Like, I don't I want to say it was targeted response to anything like. But when I saw that shower handle move, dude, that was it for me. I was done. Now, I never saw a ghost. I never heard voices. Or anything like that. But I, I mean, I was in the bathroom getting ready to go to work and that shower just, that was it. That was it for me. That was that was my first moving out of my parents' house into my own place experience. And that's how it happened. Nice. Now, the... 
the faucet, the shower turning on. I have seen uh, pressure backing up in pipes enough to switch a valve. Um, but th there's other symptoms to a plumbing issue uh, that will show itself before something like that going down. Um, so that that's interesting to me. Uh, Blonde Solo says, so do you think it made it scarier not seeing anything? It was my first experience with like actual like what I would consider poltergeist behavior. I think seeing something would have made it even worse. I think that if I would have stayed there. We're back. All right. You tell one of these stories and it breaks the stream. What the fuck? The Wicked was saying that, uh, this house was on the same road, not the same area, but the same road as the faceless people that uh, he was talking about in our first streamcast that shut the stream down too. <laughs> Interesting coincidence. All right, chat. Do you guys have any uh, any stories you want to share? If Twitch didn't boot everybody for the stream going down like they sometimes do. While that's getting sorted, I'll stay uh I'll tell one of my stories, a very short one. Um that happens in the same place as the big story I'm gonna share. Um so I'll set that up now. A couple of years ago, we were at a wedding in uh, Pascog, uh, Rhode Island. Um, at this, uh, it was an Episcopal church camp. And um, we were staying in the main lodge building. And uh, as we were trying to sleep, uh, we would hear people somebody walking through the hallway um the hallway in this part of the lodge was just a long hallway and it had doors almost like a hotel uh on each side and there was a bathroom nearly right in front of our door so we didn't think it was a big deal um because we figured there's still maybe a couple people up although we were going to bed late um but it kept happening uh and it looked like at one point, because the way I was laying on bed, on the bed, I uh, was on my side, staring at the door, and you could see the light from the hallway on, coming in under the door. And it looked like somebody standing in front of our door. So I got up to go look. Nobody down either side of the hall. Uh, so I peek in the bathroom, nobody in the bathroom come back in, lay down, immediately hear somebody in the hall again, go look, what do I see? Nothing. All night it felt like there was somebody right outside that door, walking, pacing back and forth maybe. Now you guys know I'm big on, on vibes. Um, I didn't, I didn't get a powerful vibe 
uh, at first, which is why I just went up and looked to see if somebody was like seeing if we were still up or something or what have you. But as it went on, I just got that presence that somebody, somebody, something was there. Kind of not, there wasn't any like intent or malicious intent feeling I got, but it, it felt like somebody was standing outside our door for some reason watching us. Never got answers to that. I don't know what was going on, except for there's nobody actually there. Ninth Pond, hello. You have come just in time to avoid the technical difficulties from another Wicked Tricks story. Do you have any stories you're wanting to share today? But going back uh, to your story, Wicked, um, the... Uh, the the thumps so you say the pipes were not were not loose underneath uh, no 100% three different people checked it they were completely bracketed to the the frame to the main boards on the thing they they didn't move they didn't wiggle they didn't jerk nice and solid Water pressure was good. It was it was close enough to town that it had city water. It wasn't like, you know, well fed or anything like that. Like it, it wasn't the pipes. Interesting. I I, I tried every logical. <laughs> Trust me, I went I went over that basement. I I couldn't find a reason for it. So you think in ghosts, poltergeist, uh. Uh, what's I've said it a billion times. I, I, the, the repeating hauntings. It, it wasn't. I don't think it was residual. Um, because it was it was reacting. It was trying to get me to notice it. Like I felt like it was specifically targeting me, and I. Let's see here. Yeah, we're going to stop talking about those stories. Um, just in case. Just in cases. Juan Solo, are you in Discord now? Is that what I hear? Not coming through on Discord. But when, when she gets sorted out, I know she's got a story. Yeah, Ninth Bond, we're back. For now, anyway. Fucking. This is going to be fun to edit together later. So, what comes to mind, uh,. For me, with uh, with what I heard as I was I was telling my my story from Pasco, was uh, if it was a haunting, I'm gonna guess it was likely residual. Um, 
there wasn't any other interaction besides just me hearing seeing the shadows and the fact that there's no one there when I open the door. So to me that screams residual. Uh if it was anything. It could very well have been you know, somebody either fucking around or or whatever, and they were just quick to get into another room. Because, of course, I wasn't checking the other people's bedrooms. I was only, I only checked the bathroom. But, uh... But if it was, if it was paranormal, I'm, I'm going to say residual for that one. Which, I wouldn't be surprised. It's, uh, it was a church camp. It's old. There's, um, a lot of energy that can build up in such a place. And it could, it, I could see it imprinting, uh moments in time that overlays so um that's what makes sense to me what do you guys think So you think the storms were like giving energy to the space, which But the thunderstorms is is the the amount of electricity in air might be enough juice to get that that memory or that thing to to happen. Now the cigarette smoke, I don't know, but it happened at the same time every time. Gotcha. Hmm, so an event imprinting in the limestone. Yep. I've I've heard uh, that theory before. It's it's definitely compelling. And what adds to it is when I was putting a garden in in behind that house, like you could only go down a foot and a half and it was solid bedrock. So there was only like a foot and a half of, of you know, topsoil, like for reals. But again, a, a residual haunting really, I don't know how that would, how you record the smell of cigars. And then one of my buddies I was talking to, he explained to me what it was, is that probably whoever had lived in that house before me had smoked cigars. 
and when the the storm when the when the humidity gets hello when the humidity gets really high it brings out that smell out of the wood yeah. that's that's the explanation that he gave me that it was just the humidity rising in the house and when that wood expands it releases that smoke smell so that's the that's the logical brain of mine explaining why i would get the sounds with the smell right and the, i i've experienced that myself with scents coming out of wood and some other materials uh and with a shift of in humidity so I definitely get that. Hmm. But the you know the walking on the ground it was it was the same sound literal footsteps same place, like we all heard it multiple times. It always happened before a storm, not after, not during, and like it was just like you know somebody rewind the tape and we're pressing play, rewind, play, rewind, play. It's all it was. Interesting. I'm really, really uh, curious of the interaction with the storm. There's something science has figured out that could help with that, even if it's still residual, but something, like I said, in like the uh, the shift in the uh, electromagnetic field, maybe. Right. And another thing, why we're on that discussion before, you know, it escapes my brain, but you know what EVP is, right? The electric, electric voice phenomenon. And... Most of the time when it's recorded, we don't hear it. It's recorded on the device, right? Right. And that, to me, that was always weird. Like, why is that happening? And then I was watching a, a video on YouTube when I was making my SLS camera. And the same group of people who uh, made the video are also paranormal investigators. And the guy was explaining why he thinks, this is just his opinion, right? Mm -hmm. uh, why EVP happened. And what it is, is they think or he thinks anyway, that it's the spirit or the entity actually not talking out loud, like, you know, like we think of sound, but they're actually imprinting their thoughts on the digital media. That's why we don't hear it. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Right. But that's, that's an interesting concept that I'd never thought about before. Right. I'm not saying I buy it, right? Oh. I'm just saying that's a really interesting concept of why that happens. Um, you know, there's actually precedent for that. Uh, I heard of a bar, I believe, in, um, I want to say it's either Ireland or England. And people sat there and they would report like hearing piano music um, playing when there's no one playing piano and no music and i don't know if this is true but i remember reading it that apparently it's an acoustic anomaly um with the building itself and the way that it was it was uh it just the way it was built its overall structure and apparently it the somehow the way that the structure was built uh was able to mimic that of like a record, right? Like a blank record before it was pressed. And in its early days, when it was, uh, after it was finished, there would be a, a piano player that would play the piano like day in and day out. And apparently what happened is, is the way that the strange way that this building was 
was built, it's literally locked into the acoustic superstructure of the building now. So it's like there's faint piano music that's always playing on a loop. That's really cool. Also, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, also what the fuck, but that's really cool. <laughs> well, they thought for years that it was haunted, and then someone started like in like actually investigating it, I guess. And they were like, nope, this is an acoustic anomaly. It just happens to be that all the stars aligned to get it to do this. Nuts. I'd want to try to, to replicate that. Has I, anybody done I, that? I know that people have done weird things with machinery and smaller scale stuff, but I think that literally it is the location, the direction, the angles, the depth, and everything else. Right. So, but until that, they can can replicate it, it's still theory, right? Like that's science, right? I mean, technically, yeah, but they know they know what you know, is going on, right? Like they know, but it's like, but it's because of all of these factors combined. It, it's a matter of how do you replicate it? Because it's everything from the, the ground, like the ground that it's built on, the height of the building, the depth of the foundation, the material, like everything gotcha. like contributes to this. So again, that's why they, they said it's like this, the stars, you know, aligning. So you can imagine trying to replicate, you know, a hundred odd year old building. I don't even know. It was actually, I think it was older than that, far older than that. But um, it's a little, little difficult because the other thing is, is we, we don't, we don't build like that anymore, really. Right, right. You got a story from Blonde Solo. Her, uh, her microphone wasn't working right, so to prevent her from having to type it out. You'll be joining me, well, kind of in the studio. Okay, cool. So my story is pretty similar. I mean, not quite as intense as Josiah's story in a house, but mine was also in a house that we grew in. And... So it was your teenage years in Savannah? Yeah, teenage years in Savannah, Georgia. So um, our... <laughs> Just louder. Gonna be too loud. I'm watching your sound levels. Just speak louder. Okay, so uh, in the house that I was in as a teenager, um, we're in the south side of Savannah. And my sister had started to experience like a couple of weird little things. There were a couple times where uh, we saw our mom awake because uh, we'd see uh, a lady kind of go by, like go down the hallway, pink robe and blue slippers. And we're like, well, okay, um, like mom must be up. And then we'd look and there'd be no one there. Um, kind of had little things like that. We could hear people um, like kind of talking uh, late at night, but everybody else would be in bed or be asleep uh, but one of the weirder things that happened to me was that I started to feel like somebody was in my room at night 
Um, they woke me up more than once um, with sitting on the edge of my bed, changing the settings on my fan. It was it was a little it was a little strange, you know. And I thought maybe my sister was messing with me or somebody else was messing with me, but um, I kept my room locked. My room door would be locked. Um, and uh, we had these uh, ceiling fans in every room. It's the south, it's hot. So we normally always had central air or at least fans going everywhere. Um, so the higher the fan, uh, the fan setting went to like one to four. So if it was on one, it went really fast, like shaking the whole fan fast. Um, and if it was on like three, or you know, it was like three, slow lazy turn three was like the perfect setting for me um and one night i woke up and i was really cold and like well, what yeah I, I go to pull my blankets up on me i i don't have my blankets and i look up and my fan is shaking like it looks like it's gonna come off like because the fan setting has been uh, and it's going super fast and I figure okay well maybe I kicked my blankets off or something like that and uh, I go to look for my blankets and they're in the corner of the room nice and folded and in a stack and somebody's <laughs> somebody's messing with me it's got to be got to be my sister it's got to be something it's, she's she's got to be messing with me so I you know a little freaked out. I, I get up out of bed, go turn my fan down to where it's I don't feel like it's gonna come off ceiling. Go and like creep around the house. Everybody else is dead asleep. Nobody nobody else is done. Just me, whatever else. So it was it was definitely like a kind of a creepy experience to have as a teenager so I go back to bed uh, get my blankets and everything try and go back to sleep I'm probably in bed for about an hour and I feel move like somebody's sitting and I am like scared to the point where I, I don't want to open my eyes but I do want to open my eyes I want to make sure that like it's mom or something like that checking up on my, checking up on me, but um, I kind of like crack my eyes open. Else in this room, and in kind of in the dark, I can see the shadow of something, and it looks humanoid. I mean, like you know, it's like a human shape. Um. But then, like, it, it leans close to me and leans away, and I feel it off the bed, like the pressure on the corner of the bed, like, on, and then it's gone. And I had experiences like that in the house for probably the rest of the time that I lived there. Nuts. I would have lost my mind. You would have lost your mind? Yeah. I would have, I would have, no, no. I would have burned it with fire. 
So that's definitely not a residual haunt. <laughs> no. Holy shit. What do you think, Rascal? Um, sorry, I didn't catch all of that because I've been having to run back and forth and batten down the hatches here, so to speak. Um, because oh. we just had a uh, pretty violent uh, thunderstorm just pass through. The, uh, uh, the TLDR, just in case you missed some of it, basically was something kept fucking with her fan, making it go on full blast, and she woke up cold to find her, her blanket folded in a corner. And then uh, she saw uh, the, basically a shadow person in her room uh, sit next to her on her bed. Was that right, Blonde Solo, TLDR? Yep. Um... I don't know. I gotta take. I gotta take everything at face value, right? Like you know, I could say that it was overreaction. She forgot about the blanket. You know, waking up in hysterics. The fan. Uh, I have a fan that does that. Uh, myself. It's a voltage issue. Uh, uh, but I, you know, obviously perception is you know reality, right? And, I'm sure that, you know, obviously given, you know, my short brief story about throwing the t-shirt at the doorway and then leaping out of bed to throw an overhand, you know, right uh, at, at the nothing, uh, so to speak, you know, I'm sure that you can probably gauge what my reaction may have been. Um, and I don't know if a, uh, if, if a ghost is, uh, or a, a specter, so to speak, is susceptible to a roundhouse shin kick to the, the face. But I'm willing to try. It'd make me feel better for a little bit. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I would probably. I would. I'm sure that if I felt like that, I would grossly overreact. It. I don't think I would have remained as calm as Blonde Solo did if I were to experience this particular no, thing. Some, some sitting on the end of my bed, leaning towards me. I would have lost my mind. <laughs> I, I would have been screaming, at, running out of the house, like, totally. <laughs> Jay says that she could see uh, Rascal doing that to Ghost as well, and I totally can. Big one yeah, house um, kick. Yeah, there is uh, there's a... <laughs> There's like kind of a terminology that um, is, there's an acronym for uh, for it for every decision that you make, and it's called the OODA loop. Um, mm -hmm. And we have a joke that um, what it really stands for is observe, uh, orientate, decide, or uh, it's it's observe, overreact, destroy, apologize. But it really <laughs> stands for observe, orient, orientate, decide, act. Right, that's the basic decision making process. Right. And uh, I would have gone with that for I would it would just be full blown overreaction. Yeah. I'm not having that. Like I, I could have taken everything until the shadow person. Shadow people bother me. Because it's like the double unknown. What is this thing that shouldn't be here that's here? And then what the fuck is it? Because it's just a shadow. Like Yeah. 
it's 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 very entropic you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. um where it's like you can see those photos and and such of like actual visible specters that have a discernible like have discernible features and stuff like that mm -hmm. and then it's like and whether or not they're legitimate you know whether or not it wasn't some weird camera angle some light reflecting off of uh venus or what have you you know is is a whole other debate to have but like there are like too many incidences of the shadow people right, right for me to just discount that you know what i'm saying absolutely um and uh so like i i get it because like i have uh i i've, I've had limited experience with because I nope out of those situations really fast. Right. You know, I don't, uh, I don't want to sit there and, and dabble, like, you know, dabble with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's like, Hey, like what was poking that? A bear. Yeah. What was that? What was that noise from down in the creepy old, like 200 year old basement? I don't know. Not my business. Roll credits. We're done. <laughs> I don't, I don't go, you know, <laughs> I don't go investigating nothing. Oh, that's great. Uh, Blonde Solo, what was, what was the vibe you got from the Shadow Dude? Like, anything, or? And, and while, while she answers that, I don't, I know in Ohio this was a thing. I don't know about the rest of the Midwest or anywhere else, but y'all remember, and it was usually out in the country, when people really got into having like these silhouette people in their yards oh man let me tell you something that's still a thing here the, the <laughs> silhouette animals and the yeah. silhouette people and and stuff like that is still a thing here and what it the is the most infuriating thing ever stop that stop it <laughs> cut it out why? What is the purpose, right? Like, I don't know. It's kind of like that, you know, and um, I don't want to spoil it because I know you're doing the watch party, but there's that certain amount of symbolism that they start seeing everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's, it's faces on a tree. Wink, wink. Right. Right. That is a... The, yeah, well, we... <laughs> Well, we remember when we talk about like those, like the the occultism and the the, the weird little practices and rituals that we do, mm -hmm. that like we we don't we don't even you know consciously think we just do them right. These right. little performances. It's right. like that one county in Ireland where there's that imprint on that hill of a like a a Roman age like we know now it's like a Roman age soldier soldier, but people kept like taking care of that one piece of symbolism for years and years and years and no one ever really knew why yeah who cares let it overgrow but people kept on maintaining it so they would maintain its shape they would cut the grass around it etc etc it's like that right yeah. why because you i guarantee you go out to like any small hobby farm around here even some people i could probably walk around this neighborhood and probably find that exact same thing hint hint wink wink that you'll see in the in the show yeah like on, on a bunch of on any given trees why why what why are you doing it you don't know what you know it, it's stuff like that that i'm like you know it, it's just one of those things 
that like people just do because they assign, I think, you know, personalities to certain, you know, objects. And I, I'm going to consider a tree to be an object. Um, never, never had a, a deep conversation with a tree. Um, you know, they're just kind of there, but like, it's, it's really weird that we still do that today. And that goes, that, that is something that goes back thousands of years mm-hmm. that people are still doing today. It's, it's interesting that the, the conversation took this, this turn. Um, it, it'll become apparent when I, when I do my, my story here in a minute. Um, but Blunt Solo said that the vibe she felt was not a bad vibe. It felt uh, like it was just interested, like maybe observing her kind of vibe, but not anything malicious. Oh, that makes it so much better. Right. <laughs> it makes it different, though. It does make it different. I suppose it I makes mean, it di- If it's not know. evil or malevolent, it does change the scenario a little bit but it doesn't make it any less creepy right sure but i've also seen what happens when scientists take an interest in lab rats true uh, well true. Yeah. and and you know you know we had this talk about you know and i'm not saying that it was that but like we've talked about like you know um intelligent alien life and stuff like that visiting and and things like that and how the scientific method kind of works when it comes to experimentation and stuff. So anyway, when you say an interest, what does that mean? You know? Yeah. I, I, you know, I always got to kind of be like, uh, I don't like that. Yeah. I can understand that reaction. Yeah. Still, I can regardless almost... of vibes, shadow people freak me out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No one and 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 stop putting if you are one of those people or you know someone that is one of those people that puts the silhouette the other thing is is that i'm sorry i'm on a soapbox here for a second (laughs) people that put like the faux uh animals in their front yard like deer and stuff like that you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying like the statues the life-size statue of deer have you seen that oh yeah okay times you need to tell that person if they live out on like a county road and they have like, you know, fake deer out in their yard or whatever, um, you need to tell them to stop that. In fact, go out there, like, well, maybe don't go out there and do, do this, but you know, every time I see that it drives me nuts because if you're driving on a county road, this is a safety issue. D- like hitting a deer is a very real thing for a lot of people, you know, yeah. across the U S okay. Um, Maybe not if you live in Southern California, but everywhere else, pretty much there's a chance that's going to happen. Yeah. But people need to stop doing that because number one, it's freaky, it's weird. Okay? okay, if you want real deer in your yard, put out a deer feeder. I don't care. But even that's that, it. That's, that's like attracting deer to the side of the road is dangerous for everybody also also dangerous as well yeah i know probably debatably more but you know still i every time i see that it drives me insane and what's really what's really the deer's about to run out right so fuck yeah absolutely so you're like ah and uh what's really weird is is that some of these um total uh brain stems uh they sit there and they um they buy these statues that they think it'll help where they actually have the reflective eyes 
you know, like when you're coming up on a deer and the headlights go into their their eyes, their eyes like light up, mm-hmm. and, and like it, these statues will like mimic that, which is way worse. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck that. Come on, people. You know better. Come on. Knock it off. It is the current year. Stop it. <laughs> it's current year for us. Stop that. Chat, do you have any Find other stories you want to share? Hobby. We'll give you a few minutes, chat. Let us know if you guys have anything else you want to share. Um, I know, Rascal, you've, you've, you've shared your the lion's share of your paranormal experiences. Uh, have you uh, heard I, any stories that not, are worthy of sharing? Well, I am not telling the story about the... Uh, I told you about the one where I got drunk and ran across that house. I was like, this is a nice house. I'm going to go check this out later when I'm sober. And I told you that one. I'm yeah. not telling that one again because that still freaks me out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I went back there dead sober. And uh, what happened to me when I was dead sober was not pleasant. No bueno. No bueno. Right on, Blum Solo. Yeah, yeah. If you... Uh type anything out up let us know i think um let's see uh wicked did you have any others i i i have a few and i was sitting here like i'm thinking about this the that the first story that i told and where its location is and where i had that experience with the faceless people like i actually got on google and i looked and it it's okay synchronicities whatever you want to call it right it's exactly 13 miles oh. away from where it happened on Route 13. I love it. I love it. The chances I'm of over, it meaning I'm nothing. Over it. <laughs> the chances of it meaning nothing super high, but the chances of it meaning something are way more interesting. So I love it. I'm there for it. And for those that like maybe don't know, the number 13 is kind of. Uh... <laughs> Kind of important kind of a big uh, deal. across a lot of cultures. Kind of a big deal. Not always negative, but always a big Not deal. Not always negative, but, you know, not always great either. <laughs> 3.2 Redigans. Ah, well, we can hit us with, with one more before uh, I get into mine, and we'll see if chat has anything by uh, by that time, too. All right, the, this one, you know, since we're on the, the the discussion of shadow people, like I've never had like Blonde Stilla had, where you know, direct contact sit on the port or on the end of the bed stuff. But um, here and 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 where I live is like a really beautiful place, the Hawking Hills, and there's a there's a particular park called Ash Cave. It's really has a lot of historical significance. It's uh really big it used to really be really big in the native american world like uh, tecumseh would speak there and um it was like a natural auditorium uh they found you know they found that they were uh burying the the native shaman there like there's actual grave sites there that they're unmarked right but they know where they are and i've gone to this to ash cave hundreds of times Right. At least at least a hundred times, right? And 
I enjoy it. It's one of those places where you can go and you 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 spend some time there. When you leave, you feel um, Exarchan can 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 understand it. Like you get recharged. You go out in nature. You you recharge your 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 battery kind of thing, Absolutely. right? This is one of those. This is one of those areas. It's a special area. Like when you walk into it, you feel you feel a presence, but not like a ghost. It's hard to explain. Um, you feel like you should be there. I, that's the best way I can explain it. Okay. And this one particular time that, about this the story is the the park service had a night hike there where they escort people in you know so people don't fall off the cliff there's some big cliffs there and uh, they go in and they they do a presentation they tell you about the area they tell you about Tecumseh's speech about the the burials I mean they don't obviously tell you where the burials are right they tell you the story um they have dowsing rods. They had a paranormal group there. They were doing EVPs. They were doing EMFs, all kinds of neat things, you know. And he, the park ranger, I've known this man for the better part of 30 years. He's a friend of my parents. And uh, he's been a park ranger here since uh, the early 80s. And he was telling me this particular story about this girl who had um, had been seen in this area many times by many different people over many years. And she's um, seen in a period costume that they think would date her around maybe the 20s, the 1920s. Uh, and he would say that, you know, people would see this girl on the trail and then report it to the uh to the people doing the guide saying this girl who was off the trail you know you might want to check on her whatever you know and they would say no we, we 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 know what that is right it's a it's a you know a common occurrence it's a, a regular ghost story in a nash cave right and i've been there a hundred times never heard this story right Never seen anything. Never seen a girl, anyway. I I had ex I've had experiences there, but I believe they're all natural experiences. Um. So I'm gonna chalk it up to it being a night hike, me learning the story and being a little wigged out at the same time, right? So it was me, my two daughters, and my girlfriend, and we're walking back, and it's. It's in like a valley, like it's a holler, literally a holler. <laughs> it's it's like U-shaped and it goes way back and it's a huge like amphitheater. It's like one of the largest overhang cliffs in the United States, actually. It's just gigantuan. And everything echoes, right? You can hear somebody talking in the back of the of ash cave you can hear it almost all the way to the front of the cave like it's got perfect acoustics in this in this park and i'm walking back and i heard a girl whisper in my ear and i'm like okay what and i thought you know it was one of my daughters well they were way behind me with my girlfriend talking to the park ranger i was literally walking by myself at this point 
I got pretty good night vision. I wasn't using a flashlight. I could see in front of me, pretty open trail. Like, I'm not going to, I don't need a flashlight on. I can see good. Right. And I'm like, mm, okay, I'm wigged out. My, you know, my, I'm getting the better of myself. I'm, I'm wigging myself out. So I, I walk directly back to them, you know, and they look at me and they're like, you know, what's wrong? And I was like, eh, nothing, right? Nothing. And we, we, we walk out, nothing else happens. And I'm sitting in the car. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, did that really just happen? Like, that, that was my experience with that girl. And then I'm sitting in the car thinking about that. Everybody else is getting in the car. And I'm looking, I turn my headlights on. And at the very end of where my headlights can reach, it looked like somebody stepped behind a tree. Hmm. And it was like Crystal was, or Blanzol was saying, it was like a, a, a solid, but not solid. I mean, how do you explain that, right? right? Figure. And it looked humanoid. Like, and I couldn't explain it. That's 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 the time that I actually. I'm hoping that I was just me wigging myself out. Gotcha. But I I, I definitely think I saw it. Yeah, very defined, but not solid. Yeah, it's crazy. That's not like my my headlights shone through it, right? Mm-hmm. So I can't say it was ethereal, right? Right. Light definitely reflected off of it. So what 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 was that? Was that me hearing that story and hearing that voice, getting wigged out, being, you know, at night kind of thing going on? But I can also say that's not the norm for me. I've been there so many times at night and never had an experience like that. So was it a one-off? I don't know. Very compelling. And you know what the kicker was that when I heard the girl's voice, like it was somebody saying to me, um, basically like, I want to say that she said, don't look or don't something. I couldn't really figure out what it was that said, but it was don't. And then another word and I couldn't really figure it out. So I just assumed like, don't look or don't turn or something along those lines. I, I, honestly, I don't know. I don't know. So I don't think I've said uh, on stream what I'm going to be talking about before. I might have I've told you guys, but I don't remember. So did I tell you guys about what I saw outside of the uh, the barn in the church camp in Pasco, Rhode Island? I've heard the story. I don't know if you told Rascal. I don't know if I have either. I don't believe so. But yeah, this is this is my story. This is the most intense paranormal experience I've had. Um and I I I love the story. I hate the story. Uh I have so many questions. Um I'm uh to give a little bit of background on me. I'm uh 
uh, I practice um, shamanism of the Northern European tribal traditions and uh, what is called a satru or, or heathenry. Uh, so I have a very, I'm very connected to the the natural world around me. I, I pay attention to it. I, I'm that's just part of who I am. Um, where Rascal hasn't had a long conversation with the tree, I have. Tree didn't speak back, but this is still a very good experience for me. Um, so this kind of flavors my interpretation of this, but I'm going to be asking all of you for your interpretations. We're at this Episcopalian uh, church camp for this wedding, and uh, there's a barn that has a nice big fireplace in it where the actual ceremony and services happen, and uh, there's pews that were moved around. But in the middle of the night, after the wedding, after the reception... Um, there was a few of us, uh, that were still up They were sitting, we had drug the pews around to, to do a semicircle around the fire in the fireplace. Um, and where I was sitting, I could see out one of these two windows that were high up on the wall on either side of the, uh, of the chimney of the fireplace. And you could see outside there was a floodlight on the barn just shooting out. Uh, onto the landscape, and there's some trees and stuff. Uh, I'm sitting there, and um, my eyes keep going from the fire to Blonde Solo uh, and her friends that were sitting on that side and to uh, one of my friends that I was having a really compelling conversation with uh, about uh, old Bioware games and Mass Effect and stuff. So it was a very compelling conversation. Uh, I was very, very relaxed. Um it was a church camp, so I wasn't boozing. Uh, I was stone cold sober. Um, and as we were talking, I kept uh, finding my gaze drifting um, up into the window. Um, I really didn't think too much of it for a while, but as, as we were talking, I kept finding my my gaze going up there. Um, and eventually, as I'm looking out this window, I see the this tree. It had a gray, gray bark, um, kind of seemed a little birchy, but it wasn't it wasn't peeling all the way or anything. I'm not sure what kind of tree it was. But as I'm looking at this tree, I suddenly could see almost as if a, a man was hanging there. I wouldn't say crucified because it wasn't in that kind of, it's not like he was nailed to it or whatever. It's like his, his torso and his head was part of the tree and his arms just followed the branches as he was hanging there. And his face, it looked like a Native American with, uh, are you guys familiar with uh, the kind of ash or mud face paint that it, it whites out or grays out uh, the skin and looks all crackled um, almost like it's peeling off it, his whole body looked like, yeah his whole body looked like that and his head was looking away from me and it kind of turned and looked over at me and looked surprised not 
upset or anything, but surprised. And then almost happy that I could see it and look like it was trying to not speak, but trying to communicate. And I didn't, I wasn't scared, but I was definitely taken aback. I even let out an audible gasp and I looked back towards where Blonde Solo was and everybody else and back up and it was completely gone. But it like imprinted itself on me, the memory of this seared into me and I was just completely floored by this and this has been something that I can't get out of my head ever since like there's rarely is there a day that I don't think back on this and it's been a few years now and I keep thinking about it um fast forward to last year uh when the hurricane was coming close kind of tickled Savannah's balls and we were up at um Blonde Solo's mom's, mom, Mama Solo's, out in their sunroom. And the storm is going on. And I'm out uh, trying to wrap up. We were still leveling in Classic WoW. And uh, I looked up. And right outside the window, I see a figure standing that looked very similar. A Native American, except for covered in red clay. And when I looked away and looked back, it was gone again. So these two very similar visuals hitting me like, what the fuck, you know, what, what is this? What, what's going on? And I have some theories, but I'd like to hear what any of you guys would have to say about the experience first. I mean, right off the bat, I can say that I've had similar experiences, not in what you saw, but how you saw it and when you saw it. For example, um, I've always noticed throughout my entire life and looking back like in retrospect that when I have, and I haven't talked about, like, talked about this on stream, but I periodically have premonitions and they're absurd. And what I mean by absurdity is when I have this premonition, it's about the most mundane, what appeared to me anyway, the most mundane, unimportant thing ever. Like why, why would I have a premonition about this? And here's an example. A couple of years ago, I, I had this super hyper-realistic dream that this lady dropped a sack of flour. Complete stranger. Okay, I'll give you a complete concept of what's going on in this premonition. I had a super high realistic dream of this lady in an aisle at a grocery store dropping a bag of flour. That was the end of my dream. Right? Crazy, mm -hmm. weird, whatever. You wouldn't think anything about that, right? It's nothing. It's just weird dream, done, right? Fast forward two years later, I'm in Walmart in the in the baking aisle, and it, it happens right in front of my eyes. The same lady, same clothes. Same bag of flour, drops it exactly like I saw in my premonition. It clicks in my brain. Like, you could say deja vu almost, right? Right. That's weird. If that's the only time it's happened. But it happens to me all the fucking time. And it's never like lotto numbers or preventing somebody's death. Or, you know, like foreseeing the terrible storm or zombies or anything like that. It's always these little minute 
things that I see, like I'm sure in the greater picture of things beyond my understanding, it has relevance. Right. But to me, and and the, the the time that it's happening, and when when I experience, it, I just it I can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. And with your experience with seeing that native, you know, it's kind of like a stretch. You're like, well, that's not seeing a you know Native American spirit, whatever. But what it is is every time before I have one of these premonitions, I see some sort of fowl. A lot of times it's a raven. Sometimes it's a duck. Sometimes it's a hummingbird. But whenever I I all of a sudden notice a bird, like that very night, I'll have a micro premonition. Now, it's not that like when I see a bird, right? But it's when I specifically, my brain like snaps to that bird, like you snap to the tree, right? Right. I snap to that bird. I like, I almost feel like Beastmaster. I feel like I'm connecting. It's, this sounds so weird coming out of my mouth, but I feel like I connect with that bird. Right. And then I have a premonition. Very interesting. A lot, a lot of, uh, A lot going on with with birds and in the realms of of the occult and shamanism and what have you. Birds can mean a lot of things. Birds are are a lot of things. Uh, Odin Odin has two ravens, Hugin and Munin, that that are very important to to him to paradigm and his purview. Um, and that and that's just one thing. Um. Ravens. Yeah, but what's that got to do with me seeing some chick drop a bag of flour? I mean, maybe you just can't that, control that, it. That's right? what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to dig into. Like I'm trying to figure that out. Maybe, uh, maybe you just you don't quite know how to utilize it. You know what I mean? It's just firing off randomly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know, Exark, and I think that maybe you were just having a Jim Morrison moment. You know. I mean, could be, could be. Yeah, yeah. You got your Indian spirit guide. <laughs> so what um, I go ahead, go ahead. You know, uh, yeah. There, there's a lot of that stuff, you know. And what does it have to do with a shit, you know? And there, well, what does it have to do with someone, you know, dropping a bag of flour? Well, there are actually like ways you know, that that's your, your psyche or whatever, like, you know, letting you know something, etc. And, you know, you can do dream analysis and there's actually ways of going about doing this. You know, so if you do the research on it and what certain symbolisms, uh, certain symbols and importance and stuff like that in a, in a dream, so to speak, what they actually, you know, mean. Um, it, <laughs> some of it can get very Freudian. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, but it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's an interesting thing. I, I kind of struggle with this myself and I'm not going to tell like, you know, 
some of my stories, although I think I've told Exark in some of them, you know, um, about the dream with my, my, my dead grandfather and like the, the meeting with the gods in the amphitheater, so to speak, that was, you know, that was wow. Um, and I, I guess not an amphitheater, but like an actual theater, like an old theater, like perhaps like maybe like, you know, something you'd find on Broadway or, you know, like the Pantages or something like that. Right. So, you know, that was even more strange and odd. And there have been other, there was another time too, where I had kind of a, a, a meeting with like a presence and stuff like that and thought like for weeks later that I was completely out of my mind. Um, and stuff like that, which was, I don't know, that was a little, maybe I was out of my mind. I don't know. Uh, I don't think so though, but yeah, I mean, I got another buddy who, um, has that weird connection with birds too. And it's also a mistake to think that they're linked, you know, uh, Certain things, you know, they, they mean different, certain symbols mean different things, right? And it could be that that's just completely unrelated. But I've had those serious cases of deja vu where it's like five years later, I find myself in that situation and I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I, you know, I'm like, I know that I've been here before at some different level. Like, it's unmistakable. Like, when you have that hardcore deja vu, I'm mm-hmm. sure that everyone has had that, you know? Right. And, it's like, I know that I've never been in this situation or this place before, but this feels oddly familiar to me, you know? Right, yeah. It can be super intense. Yeah, for for me with this, uh, this dual experience, I guess, um, what I think it might be especially with the first one was um the basically landvete the land whites um i think i think it it could have been this spirit of of the land that this church camp has been on for years that has just hung there not being nurtured not being acknowledged not being empowered and when i saw it since going through my my rites of passage uh into uh my flavor of shamanism opens opens me up on this spiritual metaphysical level um i did notice them and might have been one of the first ones to notice them in years and years and years and that surprised him and perhaps made him want to interact with me. Now, part of me feels like that's kind of egotistical, uh, even though it's likely. So I don't know. I, I still don't say that's exactly what it is, but that makes the most sense of everything I've looked into. If it was not just a hallucination, if it was something paranormal, I kind of feel like that's the most likely thing. Who's to say? Interesting. Yeah, I, I like I said about the the birds, the fowl, the ravens, whatever. I 
I, I started researching it a bit and there's a lot of, you know, religious aspects to it. There's a lot of uh, history, so to speak, but I, I'm still on the research and development stance on that because I, I, I've gotten nowhere with that. Right. Well, in any experience that you can't actually like record and, and, and show is it's just that it's an experience. So you can't say it's one thing or another with absolute. Like, right. So that, that's a frustrating side to this, but I know it's an experience that, that I don't want to say it haunts me because it doesn't haunt me. I'm not upset about the experience, but it's an experience that won't leave me. Something like I said, I think about damn near every day and contemplate and kind of read into like research a little more and more. Um, so it's, it's had a, this massive impact on me and it's, I mean, it has done great, great things and making me feel like I'm on the right spiritual path, but, uh, there's not a whole lot in concrete answers, but I think that's why we keep digging, right? Eventually, yep. maybe we'll find truth. So yeah. Hey, Machi, how are you doing? How was your weekend? Yeah. I, I am always, again, very wary of gaining the attention of any outside force, whether that be physical, you know, spiritual, metaphysical, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, I like to try and kind of fly under the, the radar, you know, because you look at history and some of the old accounts and, and, and things like that, not every human interaction with with a lot of, you know, these prospective entities that are out there end up good like how many how many um like for instance how many times did it work out just fine and dandy for anyone that had an encounter with zeus right you know what i'm saying yeah. like uh it, it it turned out okay at the at the best and then but most but a lot of the time it broke bad you know yeah that's uh part of what shamanism is at least in the northern tribal your northern european tribal traditions is we find what other shamans have done to, to find strategy and strength in dealing with the otherworldly so that everybody else doesn't have to because it always it almost always ends poorly for somebody who's not prepared and even if you are prepared there's a danger to it so the shaman takes on that danger, that responsibility, so that others don't. Picking up, oh, nice, Matcha, nice. So in, in, I'm still learning every fucking day, but in all of my preparation, um, there's always, like, there's all kinds of things that you need to try to do when making contact or what have you to ensure that you're not getting fucked. Uh, but the danger with opening yourself up to this is that everything can see that you're open to it. <laughs> like, 
I think that these, the, at least the thing in, in Rhode Island, I've, I'm, I feel like that was, was at the very least neutral. But there's plenty of things out there that are malevolent that I can be a beacon to. And I think that's, that's why I, I do get strong vibes in places because it's noticed me and it's fucking showing me it's noticed me. So we'll see how that goes as I get older and experience things. If any of that makes sense to any of you guys. Sure. I mean, like I said, the, the, the guy crucified or coming out of the tree or put in the tree, you know, that's, there's a lot of cultures and stuff like that, that, you know, throughout the, the years that have always had that, you know, so, oh, pretty discernible to me if you've uh, got your third eye open, I suppose. And there's so many layers to this kind of thing. Shamanism to, to, um, yogis to Buddha to fucking. Oh boy, you get into some of that Vedic stuff and it's like, whoa. Oof. Yeah, do you, a lot of people don't realize how old the Vedic texts are. Like, like some of the earliest, you know, human writings. Yeah. Really? Or, and well, then, earliest known writings, let's say, per se. Right. But to keep yourself, uh, to keep myself honest, too, like, so I've, I've been told through research and now what I experience that I am now open to these things and therefore will notice them and be noticed. You have to stop and say, am I now telling myself I'm, I'm going to be open to this stuff and therefore seeing it where there might be nothing. That's a nice little layer of doubt that gets thrown on the, on the fire here too, which makes it even more interesting. But it does make yeah, me... And, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And that's why I don't go, you know, trying to, you know, see the man in the tree everywhere I go. Um, you know, and uh, I think, you know, my philosophy on, on this is, you know, um, with shamanism and, and stuff like that, um, there's a lot of work that has to be put in. And... Uh, good friend of mine told me this he go he he said he go uh, he said if you want the power you've got to take pain with it yep you know what i'm saying oh yeah, yeah i'll go with the not having the power <laughs> right the... so if, if you, you know there's there's an ebb and a flow there you know where if you are making yourself available and putting it out there and actively seeking the, you know, the, the knowledge and stuff like that, you would better be ready, you know, to take the pain that comes with it. Yep. Um, and, uh, like I think I've said before, like you guys know that, um, I've got certain things tattooed on me, certain symbols and stuff like that. And I always made a point to take as much of the pain in one go as I could. And generally speaking, anyone that tattooed me would, <laughs> would have to stop before I would. Yeah. 
it's um with with, with my rite of passage it's uh, a symbolic death that you have to go through um and it has to be as extreme as it has to be to work like even to the point of uh of needing medical attention <laughs> So it, it, yeah, it's, there's prices to pay, and that that price is typically pain. Um, it's always some sort of sacrifice, um, and sacrifice has to be something important. So you can... But it's a very interesting concept, and I think even even if it ends up to be something that's just our brains trying to make, you know, create order in, in the chaos and not something tangible. I think that act of sacrifice can be very good for the soul if you're prepared for it. So I guess what I'm saying is I don't feel that I was fucked over if this all ends up being something not tangible. Which is good. Nobody wants to feel like they did something for nothing. Right. And yeah. And again, there's there is no reward without effort, generally speaking. You know? Um, so there's that to be said. Um and I think that when you are consciously making some sort of self-sacrifice in the form of pain or or you know work you know and and stuff like that um there there's a very fine line you know between like the pain centers and the pleasure centers of the the brain you know um and and you know pleasing the limbic system you know that primordial part of our you know brain yeah that's easy you know, go eat some, go, go, go eat a couple bars of chocolate. Don't worry about it. You know, that's easy. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't think anyone ever gained, you know, power from eating chocolate. At least, you know, not any significant amount. I could be wrong. I don't know. I eat a lot of um, chocolate. I'll let you know. Okay. Good. Um, but then the other flip side of that is, is making that conscious sacrifice and going like, I'm doing this thing for this reason. And if there, there, you know, are certain forces or things like that out there in the world, uh, you know, that kind of vibe with that kind of stuff, right? If there are, I would think that they would take note because there can't be that many people doing that. Right. Especially in this day and age. But again, you sure you want that attention? Right. Like you really gotta you really gotta take a step back and know what you're asking for. Yeah, this isn't because, just something you decide to do one day. Yeah, it's it's not just it's not just a you know, uh oh yeah, here you go, you can have this or whatever. You know, it's there's a give and take. You're gonna have to make a sacrifice. You want you you want a big ask? Well, you you better put the work in to get that big ask. Mm -hmm. You know, and be ready to pay that price later on down the line when you're uh, you're asking uh, an exterior force to kind of intervene. Right. And to be clear, chat and viewers, we are not 
suggesting or condoning any kind of fucking self-harm. Don't be an idiot. Don't go thinking that you're going to go get power by hurting yourself. That's not what we're no, saying. No, absolutely not. So, as a disclaimer, don't be stupid. Stupid. Yeah, there's a... I keep on telling you watch that movie, Renegade, also known as Blueberry. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a, a, a really cool movie, and they go pretty in depth in a lot in like in shamanism uh in that in that movie um definitely definitely check that out i think you'd like it and that that more sums up the whole you know uh power from pain and stuff like that and it's yeah check it out it's interesting very interesting good movie underrated very much oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think uh, I think that's gonna do it for today. Today's episode of the streamcast. Uh, I I urge you guys if you guys have more stories that you want shared um, in another uh, personal paranormal experience, please uh, either email those or throw them in Discord or DM me or what have you. Um, and then once I've collected a few, then we'll do another one. We'll do another episode. Um, also let us know what you want to see next on Streamcast. Um, uh, we'd love to cover some new, some new ground, some new topics. Eventually we're going to do a Western one that was, uh, that was requested. Um, but yeah, anything, uh, anything you want to see, let us know. And if we know enough about it, we'll talk about it. So, uh, do you guys have anything before we close down? That's it. Interesting no. to say the least. Uh, but touching on that old uh, West stuff, there, there's a lot of stuff that um, you know everyone knows. You know the the Doc Holiday, the the Wyatter, you know the shootout at the OK Corral. Um, in reality, there's a you know or Wild Bill Hickok. Um, there's a lot of people and things that happened that most people are not like, you're not aware of a lot of really, really cool stuff. Um, uh, and, and almost some very cinematic stuff that played out in a very cinematic way. Um, that has never been covered in popular culture. They never made a movie about it. Nothing. So, um, there's, there's a lot of ground there. Uh, to cover I look forward to that um, as far as the stream goes tomorrow night guys uh, Twitch watch party Hellier episodes 3 and 4 uh, we're super lucky to have uh, Connor Randall hang out for the first two episodes no guarantees of anybody hanging out in the second one but us but it's still going to be a good time and as we get through the series uh, we'll be having a streamcast uh talking about uh, their experiences and the information that go over in that, um, such as, you know, Mothman stuff, the goblins, the green goblin guys and all that. It'll be a, it'll be fun, but definitely tune in for the watch party. Last week, like I said, was a great success. So it being awesome as well. It'll be 8 PM Eastern for the watch party. 
yeah uh thanks for hanging out with us thanks for sharing thanks for listening uh we really really appreciate it so until next we meet stay safe stay healthy